From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. It is bingo night at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Go check it out. Coming up on today's show... Renegade Express, mailbag, lots of questions, lots of new posters talking about this Clemson game. Wake mm. Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com is the website. Pull out the phone, QR code, camera app, snap, snap. Check out the menu. Uh, maybe beforehand so you know what you want to order when you show up Friday to watch Corey Clark and Jeff Cameron hanging out from 530 to 6.30 and even beyond that for their happy hour, which will it'll be on air, War Chant TV Live, 530 to 6.30. But those two gentlemen, men of the people, they'll be hanging out, shaking hands, glad-handing, mm-hmm. uh, giving some insights into uh, the game, which are some insights I'll give Corey off the air because I can't put it out there for everybody to listen to. Mm-hmm. And if you show up to Corner Pocket Bar and Grill or the Hotel Indigo for the pregame show, I'll, I'll let you know what I told Corey. Uh, it's nothing earth-shattering, but, you Are know, you coming to Corner Pocket on Friday, then? Is that what I'm hearing? Maybe. Maybe, Ooh, Corey. Nice, man. All right. Got to get us back on that winning track, that. you know? Yeah. So, we'll see how that all goes. Warchant.com, Ultimate Sumble Sports Source. Thumbs up to everybody listening to us on YouTube. We certainly would appreciate it. There's 35,000 or so of you. Uh, not all of you listen to the show, but, you know, hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to the YouTube page. It's totally free. Warchant.com, only 10 bucks for an entire year. And take there was it, a uh, and you and when you're on the tribal council, occasionally you'll get a celebrity like myself or Aslan to chime in um, with some thoughts. And I saw last night a, a, a guy was coming into town. I haven't checked the thread since, but he was coming into town. I mean, this is just crazy. And he's like, "Hey, I've got. I'm finally going to get be able to get in Tallahassee on a Friday night. I'll have my 21 year old son and my 15 year old son yeah. with me. Where should we go? Pot bellies. In the, the first three responses were pot bellies. I saw that. No, I saw that. I saw you that. saw that, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, what kind of lunatic is telling a man old enough to have a 21 year old son to go to pot bellies? You weird creeps! That like, it, drop your 21 year old son off there for sure. Maybe even your 15 year old son if he can handle it. But then you get your butt over to Corner Pocket and hang out with some grown ups. That's all I'm saying. Hang out with some grown ups. And Corner Pocket is good for kids. We got some friends that bring their kids, play some darts, little golden tea. And uh, last thing. If you want the Corey special, the thing I order the most at Corner Pocket to ooh, eat, because the food's ooh. good now. And, it's you know, great. look, my body's a temple, so I'm not going crazy with cheese curds, although they're very good, and I wish people at my table would stop ordering them, um, is uh, I get 10 wings, all flats, um, and then a side salad. Side salad's the truth, man. They, okay. they put some cheese in there. They got, the, I mean, it's good stuff. It's real, it's, it's good stuff, all of it. It's a real salad. So that's the Corey Clark special. Now, if you tell the waitress you want the Corey Clark special, she's going to not know what you're talking about. So actually go ahead and order the 10 chicken wings and the side salad. And you can have a body like this. Go. One minute less of Clemson talk because Corey giving you his culinary <laughs> opinion on this. It was more about what kind of lunatics are telling at least a 45-year-old man to go to Potbelly's on a Friday night. That's what you but be do, sure to though. get there in the afternoon. That's what you what do. are y'all talking about? Yeah. Well, you can go to Potbelly's for happy hour, then swing over to Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, catch the last 30 minutes or so of there you uh, go. the happy hour that you guys yeah. do. Okay. All right. Corey came up with a cool idea. He's like, hey, man, how about we showcase our new subscribers, our new posters first, so... Well, it feels a little bit weird because I feel like then we're not promoting seniority. But with that said, I scrolled down and found this one. Null underscore Dynasty. Wake up, longtime subscriber listener. 
first time asking a question. Okay. As of today, what probability? So we've got six players that he gives us. All right, so let's not maybe go. It's fine. We can do this. What probability percentage would you say that each of them returns next year? Build your own assumptions about NIL draftability, et cetera. Okay. All right. Uh, Jared Verse, he says 20% chance. I'm going to go with like 55. Oh, I would go I would go 33. Okay. Jordan Travis, he says 75%. I would say 60. I don't know where I'm at on that because the whole Michael Langston theory corollary about this is his last season come hell or high water, maybe not that strong. I, I just don't know. Like, do you – if you end up only winning seven or eight, do you want to come back here? Are you welcome back here? I mean, you, you would be welcomed. He's uh, definitely welcome back. It's just a matter of, you, you know, you have to have, uh, you know, his brother was a professional athlete that made it to the top of that mountain. Uh, he played in the major leagues for a few seasons and was good until his body broke down. It's just a matter of is what is his what is his future projection? What What is he going to be doing in 2025? Hmm. Is he going to be a football player making money in 2025 or even 2023? Um, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta strike when the iron's hot. That's another saying that I've come up with that I think is about to take off, but I don't know that Jordan Travis will ever be more marketable than he is right now. Now he might believe he's going to be an NFL quarterback. So no, I'm I'm saying he might go think he's going to be an NFL quarterback. Maybe he's just sick of college. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to play football after this season. I have no idea. I think he still wants to play football and I think he still wants to make money playing football. I don't, I, you know, I, I believe in the kid. I think maybe there's a chance he get, he sticks with an NFL team, I guess. But I know for a fact he can come back next year and make probably more money than he would ever make playing football. And so that's the, that's the equation he has to do and figure out if he wants to do it. That's why I say 60%. Certainly not 100, but not 33 either. Okay. Uh, Fabian Lovett, he says 50%. He's like 99, right? He's gone. He's, he coming back this year was even a little bit of a – I mean, not maybe not ninety nine. I I would put seventy nine percent. How about that? Yeah, 79. I'd say I'd say eighty seventy five to eighty percent. I I think it matters. I mean, I don't know. You know. He came back this year for a reason. Um, if he was projected to be a really high draft pick, why oh, would he have come back? I did this wrong. I apologize. You're saying what's the percentage they come back? So I would say like twenty five percent. He comes back. Uh, I'm sorry. I did this. They, all wrong. Everybody, you can do the math. Yeah. So. Uh, well, yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah, that's thirty-three okay. percent. Jared Verse okay. comes back. Sixty-percent okay. uh, Jordan Travis comes back. Okay. I would say with Fabian Lovett, yeah, it's like twenty-five percent. But but only be- but it depends now. If he if he goes out and doesn't do anything for the rest of the season, then what what changed? Like he, you know, why if if he's that willing Duquesne to go out this film. year after one that Duquesne game, film, yeah, buddy. the Duquesne film. I mean, I know he was good against LSU, but I don't know that that's gonna. You know, he came back for a reason. And it was to up the draft stock. And if he hasn't upped the draft stock, he still has another chance. Again, there is an NIL money, and he would get a good chunk to come back. It's it's all it's the new it's the new dawn of a new day, man. Like I, I still would say twenty five percent because I do think he's going to come back, and I do think he's going to put enough on film, and I do think he's an NFL defensive lineman. But you never know for sure. The irony that maybe he returns for the bowl game, right? Guys sit out bowl games. He's probably like <laughs> that's right. He's got to put some on film. That's right. Uh, Micah Pittman coming back. I'd say. 80%. Uh, yeah, I'd say probably 90%. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd say 85 to 90%. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Wilson, same thing. I'd say 80%. No, Johnny Wilson, I'd say is about uh, 55, 60. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, he's just, he's much more projectable and draftable. He's a 6'7 guy that can move. Um, 
I, I would say 55, 55% that he comes back. He dropped the ball on Wednesday that kind of made me a little bit upset, but otherwise I thought he had a pretty good day, pretty good week, so I, I, we could see maybe a big game from Clemson out of him, and that, that probably helps. Yeah. Uh, Wilson. Pokey, I guess. I'm well, guessing. Pokey's a senior, so I'm going to say 0% chance. Yeah, he's, I think he's totally exhausted everything. Yeah. Uh, and then Winston Wright, uh, 99.9%. Uh, yeah, what would he do? Like, what, what would he – if he was good enough to go pro and, and dip his toes in the NFL, he would have done it last year. And now he came back this year and hasn't done anything. So I would say it's a very good chance he comes back. But I, Yeah, 90%. Uh, Nate K, wake TF up. First-time poster, grew up in Tallahassee, now I live in Orlando. I rep the 407. He names all these famous people from Orlando. Mandy Moore, Warren Sapp, Delta Burke, etc. <laughs> Shout out Delta Burke. When my wife listens to the show, she does not believe that Corey is not, in fact, Kenny Powers. She thinks they sound exactly alike. I always correct what? her and say that. While Corey does love tearing up Myrtle Beach uh, on his boogie board, they are not. Myrtle, Myrtle, KP. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't sound like Kenny Powers, do I? Come no. on now. I know I got a bit of a southern twang, but not that pronounced. Uh, I think we're going to be able to – I think we can bundle this with another one. He, his question is, I love Alex Atkins and what he has done for the program and the offensive line, but by promoting him to offensive coordinator, has the unintended consequence been too much on his plate and also Norvell's plate? Would our offense look any different and or have better results if Dillingham had been replaced with a play caller and Atkins kept the same position as focused solely on the offensive line. Thanks for giving us the best FSU podcast there is. You put that in all caps. That's why I put mm. the emphasis there. there uh, drink DeLuna, eat at Zaxby's. Remember King Love and go Knowles. And then Mobile Knoll, wake up. Any play caller in the ACC to help out Norvell as an analyst or a co-offensive coordinator, who would you take? Um, so he sounds, actually maybe that wasn't, but we'll come back to the end of the show we get, get, get to that one. Uh, at this point, yeah, listen, the first four weeks, wasn't a problem, right? Offense looked great. Offense looked really good. Now when you start losing, you start you know, looking for some warts, whether they're there or not. Um, I don't think Mike has done anything bad. I don't think, I don't think he's done any calls, play call-wise, in-game management stuff because he's stressed out or overloaded at this point. I mean, the, the, the way he's using the kicker right now, I don't know. Maybe if he wasn't calling plays, he'd have more time to think about it as the offense is marching down the field, what he wants to do, as opposed to trying to figure out what his next two play calls are going to be. Um, but that that hasn't affected, I don't think, his game management. But I think just on the whole, man, of him coming to work every day at his best, Again, man, he's he's having to factor that into his play calls. What he's going to do without having a quarter, without having a kicker. Quarterback has been really erratic on the sidelines after bad situations the last two weeks, yeah. so he's having to use some time to calm him down rather than flip the page and focus on the next drive. He's got to go and calm this guy down. I mean, those are the sort of things that um, I don't know it would help him if he had. I don't know if if there's a play caller if that would necessarily help him, but it'd be something less you'd have to worry about. What What do you think, Corey? Yeah, I, I mean, again, I'm going to kick this can down the road. Um, they, they, are, they did not look good on Saturday night in that second half. It was gross. That first half was great considering the opponent. That was about as well as you can play on offense. And I feel like for the most part, they played well on offense. But now you're two, days, two weeks in a row where you scored a total of 38. You're averaging 19 points a game over your last two games. Uh, that's not great. Um, and now you got a, the best defense of the bunch coming. So 
if if we if we look at it after these these this Saturday, you're probably going to be looking at what another 17 or 20, hopefully 28, hopefully 50 points. But you're probably not going to do that against Clemson. The offense will struggle a little bit again Saturday, clearly, because everybody does. I I just I don't want to look at it in the vacuum of these three weeks. I want to take a I, I want to take a step back, and I know that's not the question that's asked. Let's see what it looks like after 12 games, man. If if those numbers have gone up from whatever they were last year, if they've risen by five or six points, if they've won eight games, if the offense looks, um, you know, offensive, then 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 you you feel good about you feel good about what Norvell has done. I, and right now, yeah, it's easy to say, man, bring in another OC. This it's clearly too much, but that was one bad half. Um, let's see what it looks like a- after they're done playing the whole full slate. It's just hard to judge right now with these three opponents right back to back to back, in my opinion. Well said, Corey. Sorry, I got a little tangled up there. Quite literally. Oh, okay. Sorry, buddy. Uh, you're fine. Scrolling back up. Let's uh, get back on track here. Jimbo 11, do we have a big-time field goal kicker in our 23 class? I see there's a kicker from Lincoln who has visited FSU and has called a five-star kicker. Uh, there are no five-star kickers, according to our parent company. I don't know it's called parent company, but our network on three there's only eight ranked kickers, and every single one of them is already currently committed to another program. Apparently, the kicker from Lincoln is first-team All-State, but mm. no one is committed to this program right now. And I don't know how aggressive they'll be. Maybe that's the next thing in the portal, right? Find yep. a kicker, pull him away, but maybe that creates a bidding war, unless it's a kicker at, I don't know, James Madison or somewhere like that. Which, well, look, man, go Shout get... out to the Dukes, moving yeah, up yeah, to FBS, they're... and they're ranked already. Yeah, they're for real. Um, I, look, man, go get – this would be my if, – if it doesn't get any better over the last half of this season and you go into the Florida game still not sure if you can make a 37-yard field goal, um, then that's it. This kid has been – this is his third year kicking. Um, so you can't go back into next season with this guy as your kicker if it doesn't get better. And so, yeah – Part of your, it's a dereliction of duty if you don't go, and I just said the word duty, Ooh. if you don't go and get um, a kicker in the portal. There are a, there, how many kickers Aslan would love to kick at Florida State that are kicking? Like I watched uh, Georgia play Kent State, and Kent State's kicker in Sanford Stadium is bombing 40, 45 yard field goals like they're nothing right down the pipe. Now, that might have been his best day of the year. He might not be a very good kicker and just had a good day that I saw. But there are kickers like that all over the country that you can go get and would have no problem getting them. There would not be a bidding war. You could go try to get the big fat kid from Missouri. He's fun to watch and he's got a huge leg, but there might be a bidding war for that kid. And he's also a, he's like a campus legend on that. So I don't know that he'd leave, but there are kickers at smaller schools all across the country that would, pro- would almost certainly be an immediate upgrade. Go get them. Go get the best one of the bunch. It's not like you have to pay them a, a boatload of money to go get the Kent State kicker. I can't believe I dislike something I love so much, college football. Just we're gonna go poach away. I just hey man, that's it. But isn't that cool for the kicker? Like, let's say he was a one star, nobody wanted him, so he had to go to Kent State, mm-hmm. and now he's got a chance to go kick in meaningful games. It's good for him. Like it's it's bad for Kent State, but you know, ever since that shooting in the seventies, oh, I, I have no ill, I have no. <laughs> it was the sixties. We're moving on. I Next. think it was the seventies, man. I think it was like seventy-one or seventy-two. Uh, Sorry, anyway. Actually, maybe, yeah, maybe right. I think Nixon was in office at that point. Yeah, that's we, right. Um, yep, that's right. Look it up, kids. XDQ 4 Wake up. Tough loss Saturday, but it's Clemson week. And if you need help getting up for this one, you don't have a pulse. That's right. Uh, all this injury news is weird. The guys in the desert only have Clemson favored by three and a half. What's that mean? 
In my opinion, with our mash unit, they should be favored by at least a touchdown. So Doke's going to be rocking. I'm expecting a loose set of Knowles and we'll win 24-21. Here's my question. In your opinion, not counting 12, 13, and 14, your favorite win over Clemson. His is 92. That was Charlie. Yeah, that was the first uh, first time they played him as an ACC team. He said not counting what? 12, 13, and 14. Uh, then 88, the punt ruski. That's a, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. I just looked up Andrew Glass. He's the kicker at Kent State. He's 8 of 12. He's 4 of 4 from 40 yards and in. Okay. And then from 40 and a, but from 40 to 49 he's only 3 of 7. And then 50 plus he's 1 for 1. Now two of them were blocked. Okay. So of the kicks that aren't blocked, he's 8 of 10. But so just throwing that out there. Andrew is Andrew Glass coming to Florida State next year? I don't know. I just don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, so but yeah, I would say 88. I mean 88's got to be the answer, right? There are a lot of really good ones, but yeah. I, I think 88 just because of what it meant for the program and how famous that play ended up being. And plus, it's got the Dion punt return. Uh, yeah, ninety nine was cool. I mean, it, it, different kind of styles. Ninety nine more of a nail biter. Two thousand, obviously, Winky to Snoop, my, one of my favorite plays of all time. The the play action on the hip was beautiful. Uh, two thousand two, I was there. That was cool Thursday night game in Doak. Uh, Greg Jones running. Uh, like Greg over Jones everybody. play. Yeah, that was yeah, a good one. So, yeah, a lot of tough one. But I guess if I had to pick one, I, I'll I'll go with two thousand just because. Clemson thought they were going to come here like put like a scare into us and like nope nope romp fun times so oh the 2000 yeah the, that was the Snoop game yeah, yeah that was uh what was the I should know the final that was 52 to 50, 7 or something yeah something know. crazy it's crazy I don't remember that it is crazy come on Corey uh speaking of kickers real quick Wednesday so in team period I thought it was gonna be the first time the offense didn't make it across a 50 yard line in that period and I don't know ever maybe uh, but shout out John Wilson, huge catch, which was like four yards behind him. Maybe not four yards, but no one else with that catch radius could have made that catch thrown behind them. Gets it onto the 31, sets up a 48-yard field goal, which uh, was blocked by Shaheem Brown. I I saw that. Shaheem the, almost got one, yeah. at least one in that NC State yeah. game, which would have been really, really big because that kid wasn't missing. Yeah, Mike lamented that uh, after practice on Wednesday, too, how close he was. Some of the specialists were like, oh, you know, the, the laces were uh, completely, uh, something about they were completely backwards or something, which I don't know. Were they, I mean, I maybe they were inwards instead of being laces out. Ray Finkel, hashtag. Ray. Ace Ventura, hashtag. Yeah, you didn't even know that reference, though. I, now I do week. know. Now I do, though. But so he misses that, and they, they played that situation absolutely perfect because it was last second. You need to make the field goal. They finally get in the field goal range. They have to call timeout to set up the field goal. Then Papuchas runs out, ices him. So that's like the most game-authentic situation you probably will have. But then 35 minutes later during period 11, Corey, where they pretty much designate like a whole – two minutes of just kicking field goals and everybody's all around them. They've got the speaker four feet away from the kicker. Norvell's hands on knees, crouched over, you know, staring daggers into them. Absolutely drills a 32-yarder and, like, a 43-yarder. So I don't know, like, which one in your guys' books at home matters, but that's what you have right there. So your, your most authentic game situation gets blocked, duffed, whatever you want to call it, but then – uh, when you get the chance to redeem yourself, which I like how they spread it out, right? You do that period three, then 30 minutes later, just the same way it would be in a football game. Uh, he nails both of them. So, And he also spoke to the media after practice on Wednesday, so maybe that makes Mike more likely to use him. So we'll see how it goes. All right. All right, buddy. Null for Life, 2009. Hello, Aslan and Corey. Wake up. Big fan of your work. I've been listening for several years now. Thanks, man. Oh, nice. Thank Thanks. you. 
Which players on FSU's projected projected starting 22 for the game Saturday, not counting players that likely will not play due to injury? So the starting 22, how many of them would start for Clemson? I mean, two, so two weeks 22. ago, I would have said Jordan Travis would have started over DJ Uyunglele, but I think maybe DJ would start over Jordan right now. Uh, Shipley probably starts over Trayshawn Ward. Love Trayshawn Ward. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think Johnny Wilson starts. Um, he's one of the three guys. Yeah, if we're doing like a three wide here, three receivers, he's, he's one of them. Yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, Offensive line, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe a healthy Rob Scott. Maybe. May, yeah, maybe, maybe Gibbons. I mean, they're not incredible on the offensive line. I don't, I don't know enough about their personnel to say who's much, who's a lot better than Dylan Gibbons or Robert Scott. Um, that McFadden Emmanuel. is pretty good. Um, um, a, a, on defensive line, nobody. Uh, not even Verse, who's really good. Verse would be in the rotation for sure. Um, he'd get a, 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 he'd get reps. There's no doubt about it. Uh, linebacker, neither one of those guys. Um, safety, Jamie Robinson would play for them. Uh, I think Akeem Dent would probably play for them. Corners, no, no. Well, Last year is Amari and Cooper, maybe, yeah. but not this one. Uh, so, what are we looking at? Five, yeah, six. Yeah. But you know, look, it's not like it's you're comparing Jordan Travis to uh, Trevor Lawrence. Like, yeah, you might stick with DJ, but the the dis- the disparity isn't huge. Will Shipley's a very good running back, but I don't know that he's. You know, he, it's not ETN versus you know Ladamian Webb. Like the you you the 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 hey, gaps Ladanian are Webb's more narrow. A really good season, man, for South uh, Alabama. So I I was thinking like the twenty twenty guy. Uh, yeah, he is. He's pretty good. I, he wouldn't play at Clemson. He wouldn't start at Clemson. Yeah. But so I I think that like that's what I'm. The 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 gaps have narrowed. You know where where like Fabian Love if he was healthy would play on that defensive line again. He probably doesn't start because they've got some. Flipping dudes. But uh, Tatum Bethune, I think, would play. He wouldn't start, but he'd play. Their linebackers are crazy good, too. So, you know what I mean? Like, But you've got guys that, I think two years ago, I don't know that you would have had more than, like, when they were scheduled to play that Clemson game. So Marvin Wilson isn't playing. Corey Durden isn't playing. That game that was going to be played. Oh, yeah. I don't know that you would have had three guys that would have even made the trip for if they were on the Clemson's roster. Maybe six guys that make the trip. Now you've got guys that would at least be in the rotation, but the point is a fair one that, yeah, it's still, you still look at Clemson's overall team and be like, yeah, well, it would be hard to, I think you'd have guys in the secondary that would play a lot. I don't think they have a great secondary at all. Um, and I don't know that their wide receivers are special like they've had in the past. They got some guy, they got some good ones, um, but I, you know, none that have proven a ton yet. Um, and I, same with their quarterback. Like if their quarterback comes and plays well on, on Saturday night, I'll be a believer, like, okay, this kid can play. But, you know, like, he's much better than I than we thought he was in that Georgia Tech game. He's made improvements. He's a problem. Right now, I still, when, when you judge him based on what Clemson has had at that position, he still seems way lower than, than what they've had and what you're used to seeing. So you hope you can take advantage of that. If he has a great game in that environment against a solid defense, certainly not a great one, but a solid one, um, then kudos to him, man, and they're going to be a playoff team. So this this is, I think this is their last best chance to lose a game. Growing up, my dad used to take me to the game at the stadium. We'd watch our favorite team play, and then we'd always eat at Zaxby's. That's why it means so much to me that Zaxby's is the official chicken of college fans. To me, they go together perfectly. It reminds me of my dad and... Oh, come on, Rapper! 
Are you serious? Get some glasses! Terrible call! Now I take my kids to the game, and we always eat at Zaxby's, too. It's tradition. We're proud to be the official chicken of college fans. Zaxby's, indescribably good. And don't forget to listen in for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week every Monday on Wake Up War Chant. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bradley Moss, he doesn't have a question, just says, wake up. Great articles by the staff emphasizing that guys are still trying to learn how to play winning football and not making the critical errors in the most crucial moments being the key thing. It reminded me of a classic Bruce Arians quote when he was coaching the Cardinals when he said, each week games come down to critical errors. It's really not as much about who makes a play, it's just who doesn't F it up. I believe we'll get back to playing winning football. They just need to go through it and hopefully learn from these experiences. Anyways, just thought I'd share that with the War Chant crew because that really resonated with me, especially after Saturday night. Let's finally get that tiger off our backs. Doke at night, rockin'. Thanks, fellas. As always, go Knowles. Spartan Knowles 71. Our guy, Ralph. I think I got, a, I think I got a, a, another kicker prospect, Aslan. Okay. Um, Alex Rayner from Georgia Southern. Redshirt junior, so you're only going to get him for a year. He currently leads the country in field goal percentage. He's 9 of 9. Um, <laughs> nothing over 50, but he's 2 for 2 from 40. 40 out, and then obviously he's made all these other ones. And for his career, he's made like 55 kicks now. Okay. So he's got some experience. Um, he's, I, I assume, with Georgia Southern. Oh, yeah, didn't he? He probably kicked a big kick against Nebraska. Huh. Right? So he's got some of that experience, too. I, I think uh, maybe he's somebody you, you look at. Right now, he leads the country in field goal percentage. Uh, well, he's he's actually behind the kid from NC State because the NC State kid is 11 of 11. Of course he is. And Georgia Southern's nine for nine. But still, that's somebody to keep an eye on. Is he coming to Florida State, guys? I don't know. I'm, I'm not friends with Alex Rayner's family. I'm just saying there's starting to be some talk out there. Anyway. Ralph Hawaii, Spartan 71. Aloha, guys. How's it? Biggest offensive threat Clemson has that you feel we must deal with or it's lights out. He goes to Shipley. Absolutely. Shipley's a player, man. And uh, I th- was it Fuller that said that after the game or on Monday that there were a couple plays in, up there last year where it seemed like he just kind of, um, you, you know, his will, he, he just willed them to win. Like he, he just ran hard. He made some special plays. I don't remember a kick return, but I don't remember much from the, the game last year other than Jermaine Johnson and that Toa Feely play. But, uh, but I can tell you everything you want to know about the 92 game, the four interceptions, um, Omar Mellison making a great diving catch to keep that drive going at the last uh, game-winning drive. But, um, yeah, man, Shipley is the guy because, look, man, he's a good player anyway. He runs really hard. But also, if 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 you can't stop him, if he's going to run for over 120, 130 yards just up the gut because you're still banged up in the middle of the defensive line, 
I really don't like your chances. I just don't. You're going to make it too easy for that offense. So if you can slow him down and make the quarterback beat you, I think you've got yourself a fighting chance, a good chance actually. But if they if they're going to run up the middle like Louisville and uh, you know everybody else, Wake and and NC State have for a good chunk good chunks of yardage, he's the best running back of the bunch that you've seen so far. So those tw- those eight yard runs. Those 12-yard runs that you've been giving up against those running backs might turn into 40- and 50-yard runs with this kid. He is really hard to bring down, especially when he gets a lot of momentum going because there's nobody hitting him at the line of scrimmage. So, got to have to stop him. Old dad's a null. Wake up. Uh, I'm under the impression that one of the tasks of all these analysts is to evaluate trends. I say this because if anyone watching the game can see that we seem to run the same play on first down all the time, then the analysts... Better look at predictability before Saturday or it'll be a long night again offensively. Also, it's okay for a quarterback to audible out of it if it's based on pre-snap defense or maybe pull that ball back too, you know. Look at the success they had when he did that, which has been driving me crazy all year. Cheers, old dad. Agreed. Um, There were, I just, I, I think he ran the ball once in the second half on like a design, like where he pulled it and ran. And I believe it was the first, maybe the first play of the second half and he got 14 yards. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember him doing it again, um, and that's that's frustrating because when he was handing it off, jack squat happened. It was second and twelve almost all the time. Um, you know, Toa Feely had to run really hard to pick up that first down on third and one. Like um, that 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 is that I get it. It was frustrating. I don't think it's been necessarily a problem. It was just uh, for the season. It was just a problem in that game, and I th- I think they were too predictable. I think they didn't adjust quick enough. I think that's on Atkins, and I think that's on Norvell. Uh, probably Norvell more so because he's the play caller. But after you, the first two drives, where you can see you can clearly see they've changed the way they've defended. You you got almost three hundred yards of offense in the first half, so you knew they were going to adjust something. But also, you don't want to just if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I understand the first couple of drives you know, trying to do what you did in the first half. Some counters, um, you know, look, if Johnny Wilson catches the ball, that drive keeps going. If Dylan Gibbons doesn't lose his mind, that drive keeps going. Um, and then you, then who knows? Maybe maybe NC State kind of backs down. But once that third drive happened and you clearly couldn't run the ball anymore, plus you didn't have your best running back, you, you've got to adjust to the adjustments. That's why you get paid a lot of money, man. And I just thought they were way too late to say, you know what? We're just going to go four wides, and we're going to throw it. They can be short passes, like the the throws to Toa Feely five. in the middle of the field. They went five wide, like the last yeah, yeah. half but, of the fourth quarter. But, it, but that last play, Toa Feely's in the backfield, but he's running right. a route. You know what I mean? But right. you've got five options. Like, why did it take that long to realize, okay, they're not going to let us run. So let's get let's use our quarterback that we trust a lot and let's him have let let's him see the field and go make some safe throws and get this ball moving. Those the catch that Toa Feely had to start that last drive, that's a big play, man. It's ten yards. Great. You'd you'd had three first downs before that. Two first downs, I think, in the whole half. Why why did it take you that long to start nickel and diamond down the field? Um and that's that was that was troubling because you weren't gonna run it on them, clearly. So anyway. Anyway, moving along. Teacher Noel, wake up. Do not tell me FSU cannot win games. It's not supposed to. We live in a world where Ben Bernanke just won the Nobel Prize in economics. Anything's possible. <laughs> okay. Did he really? I don't know. I, I maybe. I guess. He was don't like the, still get, oh. He was the Fed chair when the 2008 housing crisis happened. I think or Treasury Secretary. One of those. I'll look things. it up. I'll look it up. He was right. Recited over one of the worst financial disasters in our country's history. 
Uh, you're right, Teacher Noel. They certainly can win. I think it's possible. Probable? Oh, no. Oh, no. But it, certainly they can win games they're not supposed to. Uh, but they haven't won one of those. I don't know, maybe the North Carolina games, both of them. But anyhow, I digress. NYC Noel. Wake up, gents. It's Clemson week. Correct. Yeah, it was, him, it was him and two other uh, two other economists okay. won the Nobel Prize. I wonder if they still get paid a million dollars. Don't you get a million dollars for winning the Nobel Prize? I don't know. Where's that money come from? They have like a fundraiser beforehand. I don't know. It's good. It's all all good questions. Speaking of good questions, NYC Noel. Ira said it first after that Wake Forest game. Said the team did not look ready for prime time. Certainly seemed that way, but not just the last two weeks, but as far back as LSU. Your thoughts, and how do we get over the hump? Go Noles, beat Clemson, drink the Luna coffee. I thought they looked. I, I thought they were horrible in the fourth quarter of that game um, defensively, but I thought for the most part they looked very much ready for prime time against LSU. Um, well, offensively, they didn't really do a lot either, but I guess well they, they did. Didn't they have just to. screwed it up. But, you know, they they flip and fumbled at the three. Yeah, well, they and, they uh, got the ball then, on the. I mean, they, they didn't move the I ball know, down. But, they I mean, they, they had four hundred. They had like four hundred yards of offense. Um, again, in their first real game of the season, I, I thought that I thought they were fine. Um, and they left some. You know, Johnny Wilson could have caught a touchdown pass. Um, you, Mike, Micah Pittman could have caught a touchdown pass. Your kid could have made a field goal. Like all these things you left, you probably should have scored 35 points in that game. I thought they looked fine on offense. Um, yeah. And I, you know, look, I, they were certainly ready to play in that game on Saturday. It's not like they looked terrible that yeah. they, they, they had 17 points at the half. And honestly, again, the biggest problem with this offense right now is leaving points out there. Like they should have had 27 points at half, probably. I mean, How when you have 300 that, yards though, of offense. That's nothing unique to this. Every team that's losing games is saying that, though, right, Corbin? Is there anything specifically you think but when you watch the, Yeah, no, I mean, they're just not good in the red zone, and they don't, they don't trust their kicker. So you, you get down to a team's 22-yard line, that should be three points. Instead, you're going for it. Also, Malik McLean drops a touchdown pass. Johnny Wilson drops that fourth down pass. You know, those are... At least, that's an extra three points at least. And then they also... They have the ball, I think, at the 21-yard line and get called for an offensive pass interference. So instead of having third and one at the NC State 21, they have second and 20 at the 36. And even then, if Pokey makes that catch on the uh, probably Jordan's best throw of the night on third and 20, it's a 17-yard gain, and you're probably going for it again. But he didn't. So again, you, you, I would say seven, at least six, probably 10 points you left out there. And imagine being up 27 to three at the half. That's a wrap. And you can't look at NC State and be like, well, yeah, they left points out there too. When? Anytime they got inside the 30, they scored. And it wasn't like they dropped open play. They dropped a bunch of passes. They caught everything that was close and they didn't catch many, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't think in, I don't think NC State, NC State's offense didn't get unlucky, like, or unlucky. They just, they got exactly the amount of points they should have gotten. They milked everything out of what they got. Florida State wasn't close. They got inside the NC State 25-yard line three separate occasions and didn't score a single point out of it. Yeah, you but, can't keep doing that. could NC State say that about the Master Romano punt, the fact they had first down and on the 13-yard line or whatever it was, and all they got but, was but a they field did, goal But I'm barely. saying they didn't earn it. They didn't earn it. Like, Florida State drove down. They got the ball at the 13, went backwards 23 yards, and still got points. Meanwhile, Florida State three times – Drove inside, not not got the ball at the 23, drove inside 40, 50, 60-yard drives inside the NC State 25-yard line and got a donut on all three of them. That's, you can't keep doing that, right? I, I don't, 
that that's where and you did it against I don't, I don't know if you did it once against Wake at the end of the first half um and you did it against LSU multiple now those were gifts a couple of them you didn't score on either one of those but that's that's where this offense has to get better man once you get inside the 25 yard line you've got to be better against Clemson you're not going to get inside their 25 yard line much so you better take advantage so that's 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 why I think they they just they they keep leaving points out there um but this is the who this team is maybe the kicker you and I know he said he trusts the kicker now so maybe that'll turn the thing around jonesing for fsu wake up first time poster went to lounge high now i live in Dakula. famous Dekula. people jay ratliff the drew brothers and now yeah. me being in dacula or Dakula, of course Corey clark sometimes. that's right there you go represent yeah half the time i'm i'm up in Dakula. Uh, interesting fact for valdosta doc holiday resided and had a dental practice for a period yeah, of did. time and then he moved to arizona because he had uh what do you have not emphysema I have no idea. Tuberculosis? He had whatever he died of, it was supposed to be better. The the dry heat was supposed to be better for it. So that's why he moved to Arizona. Didn't, didn't FDR was didn't FDR dabble somewhere that had hot springs or something? Was that up in upstate yeah, New York? That was or? in Georgia. That's oh, in Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Yep. Georgia, man. Just come heal. But then he went to Arizona. <laughs> right. Doc, way to go. All right, with the possibility of winning this week against Clemson and Vegas having us in a close game, where would each of you have our end of year record were they to beat Clemson? Thanks for all you do. And Corey. Let's grab a beer and some Mio's. Mm, there you go. Well, not a. how about a vodka and some Mio's? Um, I don't know if you squirt Mio's in a beer. I guess you could. Seems like that tastes pretty gross. I, if they beat Clemson, I would say 9-3. and three. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a if lot they to, don't, to If they don't and it doesn't look particularly good, ask me after the Georgia Tech game, man. Like I'm, I would be really worried about that Georgia Tech game. Um, all of a sudden, they're playing well. They're going to beat Virginia, so they'll be on a three-game winning streak. Um, they'll be coming into that game with absolutely nothing to lose, probably a 10 or 12 or 15-point underdog. Meanwhile, you are desperate for a win, and you might play tight. And that's one thing I have not liked what I've seen these last two weeks. In when a I sleepy about, noon game. In a sleepy yeah, noon game. Yeah, that's true. Throat. Yeah, that too. So you won't have a probably a great energetic crowd like you will on Saturday night. And also, you will be tight, man. Like, we cannot lose this game. This is a game we're supposed to win. And this team has not played well with an expectation of this is a game we're supposed to win. Um, so, or, or when they got a lead and like, oh, let's not blow it. It just, like, again, that's the step, man. That's what Atkins said. You, you, it's a learned behavior. You've got to learn that you're, you know, when you get up 17-3 on NC State, keep going. Uh, don't play tight. Just keep playing like you've been playing. And that's, that comes back to coaching, too, as much as it does the players. Um, don't coach tight. Don't coach scared. Don't run it every first down. You know, you've, there, there's just some growing this program still has to do, and I would be really worried about how they would, how they would, like I think if they beat Clemson and then go into the bye week, I think they would blow Georgia Tech out. Hmm. I just think they would. I think they would play with so much confidence. Are you kidding? We just beat Clemson. You're going to come in here and beat us with this quarterback? Give me a break. But if they lose to Clemson, and they get a week off to think about it and stew about it. Now they're on a three-game losing streak. People aren't real fired up about the program. And then you're playing a hot Georgia Tech team. Yeah, man, that, that could get dicey. So, uh, But yeah, so that's why I say I, I don't know where I'd put their win total after that um, Clemson game if they lost. But if they win, yeah, 9-3. That's crazy. Maybe you win your bowl game, you could have a 10-win season. Yeah. I mean, man, they should be 5-1. and one. They, I shouldn't say they should be yeah. because LSU and Louisville both came down to the final play, too. Uh, but they could be 5-1. and one. 
Yeah. Like Wake Forest, that ended the way it should. Wake Forest dominated a good portion. The, the most important part of that game, Wake Forest went on a, I mean, Wake Forest went on a 28-0 run. So they earned it. That was their win. NC State didn't earn that win. That's what's so frustrating. You just flipping gave it to them. Anyway. D. Spence, wake up. A win Saturday would be so, so sweet. It would do so much for the state of the program right now following yeah. back-to-back losses. My brain tells me Dabo and company will try to shut down the run game, make Jordan beat them with his arm. If this is the case, we will need the receivers to step up their game. Who could be the most impactful receiver for this game? Fun fact, Clemson defensive lineman Tyler Davis and Florida State defensive back Renardo Green played on the same high school team, which happens to be in my hometown of Apopka, Florida. Go Knowles, beat the Tigers. Mm, there you go. Same school as uh, Jalen Carter, who's going to be a first-round pick at Georgia, and uh, Sammy Smith, former FSU All-American okay. um, running back. Uh, yeah, man, even if – look, man, they're not – Florida State cannot run the ball on this team. They just can't. They're giving up 60 yards a game. You're probably without your best running back. Um, you couldn't run on them last year. They will make sure that Jordan Travis's legs can't beat them. But the 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 flip side of that, the positive side of that, is I'm almost positive Clemson is going to have a spy on Jordan Travis. They did it last year. Teams are doing it this year. He just ran for over 100 yards in a game. It's good to put that on film. I know 70 was on one play, but it's good to have that on film. They know he can run. They remember. They They've seen it. So... They will have a spy on him. And if you take one defender and just have him standing there making sure the quarterback doesn't run, well, that's one less defender in out in the passing game. And Florida State should be able to make plays down the field in the passing game if he has any time to throw. And if and you know, you don't even really need a ton of time to throw when you're throwing it throwing it up to six seven. So again, I, I go into all these games where you might be a little bit dominated up front that fourteen has to be the playmaker. Because you don't, you just don't have an answer for six seven. There's nothing you can do. He's got to go make the plays. But I would like a few more shots down the sideline to him, and uh, and then just go from there. I'd lob it up if he's got man to man up top. I would lob it up to him. I don't know, man. Seven times a game. Yeah, do the Sam Hartman offense. That's what they exactly did. They right, just, man. Exactly right. They got it. They got Clemson gave up six receiving touchdowns and got called for four pass interferences in that game. And, you know, I know A.T. Perry's really good. Wake's got some dudes out wide. Uh, so does Florida State. One guy in particular that has not been covered, really covered all year. Um, just give him a chance, and we'll see where it goes. Don't run Toa Feely 18 times. It would be utterly pointless. You mentioned they putting on films good. They remember it. Uh, they remember Jordan, but... He didn't run all that well against them last year. But no, I mean, but, still the, taken, but they that was their whole game plan last year. Right. We're not going to let him run against us. Yeah. That's what I meant. Like, they okay, had seen okay, him the whole okay. season. Yeah, he didn't do anything against them with his legs. But they knew going in, that's the only way we can give up a lot of yards to this offense, letting this dude run, and they didn't. And I got to imagine they'll have very similar game plan this year. Also, I think, uh, I don't know if Sammy Smith went to Wakiva. I think it's Wakiva High School. Maybe Apopka's oh, got two no, high schools yeah, now. He went, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, no, he just went to Apopka. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, he, my bad. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's the, I just want to make sure our Central Florida information is correct because we have lots of Obviously. people there. Well done, Aslan. Well done. Uh, your favorite athletes always strive to put themselves in a winning position. Now it's time you did too with my bookie. My bookie's got the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sporting betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs. Corey, are you going to hedge against your Bravos? 
Or no, just, I, I saved that for the World Series, man, okay. if they make it. All right. Uh, that's only because I don't want to jinx it, man. I only did it last year for the World Series. So if they make it again, I'll do it again. Otherwise, you know, what are we going to do? Also, they've got big cash prizes in the form of weekly blackjack tournaments. So if you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, the time is now. Come on. It's like seven weeks of college football. You've seen everything. You know these teams. You know the tendencies. Make your winning move today. Go to mybookie.ag. Sign up. Use the promo code WARCHANT, and you can claim an instant deposit dollar for dollar of any amount up to $1,000. Use that promo code. Again, WARCHANT to claim your bonus experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie florida state still a three and a half point underdog at home 51 is your over under uh maybe the rest of the show will make you feel one way or the other head to my bookie get involved random underscore john Corey. as on cory wake up it is morning time that means for the gym rats of war chant the sun's out the guns are out work them buns out Speaking of workouts, what kind of workouts has FSU put their receivers through that made their hands too tired to grab footballs thrown their way during the NC State game? For our kicker, has anyone considered he may have a case of awful gout? That's the reason he looks so terrible when kicking. I mean, I hear that stuff is really painful. Lastly, what do you feel Jordan Travis has to do, here's a serious question, to maintain his cool during pressure situations? After all, Clemson is going to put their best to put him in very untenable, extremely stressful situations. If you, dear listener, are feeling stressed, stop into the corner pocket, have a relaxing meal and a cold beer or a vodka meal, if that's your thing. Wake up mm. the next day, drink the Luna coffee, and subscribe to War Chant for 10 bucks. There's nothing more distressing than the Tribal Council game thread during a game. Go Knowles. Well, correct there on that last point. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just a matter of uh, growing, like living it. You know, again, I made this point, but last year when Jordan played his best, they had a losing record. They were 0-4. Nobody expected them to do anything. There were many of us that thought they were going to be 1-11 or 2-10. So those games didn't have a lot of pressure on them. Now, the end of the Miami game did because they had a 17-0 lead, played tight, let Miami come back, take the lead, and then Jordan Travis just 4th and 14, here goes nothing. And a great throw right after he had another great throw to Ja'Kai earlier on that uh, drive. So he's proven he can do it in pressure situations. He's made some pressure plays. Um, but it's just when you go 4-0 and get ranked and you really start to think you can do something special and you've got a big game against another ranked team and then you you, you kind of spiral in the second quarter. And then you go on the road and you're 17-3 against another top 15 team. I haven't really loved the way he's played after that. But he hasn't been in a situation. It's all new to him. Like he's never played with expectations. Uh, now, these last two weeks, he did. I, I thought he played pretty well in the first half uh, against NC. In fact, honestly, I thought he played pretty well the whole game. Like, he wasn't great. No, he wasn't sensational. But if his receivers could catch the ball, yeah. it wouldn't have come down to the final drive, man. He would have had an extra touchdown. He would have had, he'd have been 20. of He had five drops. So he ended up being 15 of 30 for like 188 in a touchdown and two interceptions. Well, he would have been 20 of 30. Well, they wouldn't even have thrown the last pass. So he'd have been 20 of 29 with two touchdowns, one interception, and, I don't know, 240 yards of offense? and, and, and No, 240 yards passing and 350 yards of total offense. He played perfectly fine. I, I thought it's just, it's so, that, the, the last pass, man, it's just hard to, hard to look past that last pass. And he just got a little too greedy, a little too risky. Um, but again, it, it comes down to learning it, like being in these situations. And much like it's going to take Fitzgerald making a big kick, um, or the next kick, 
And then I guess every kick he takes is going to be a big one. But if he makes his next kick that he sees, okay, I can do it again. I, I can do this now. I've got my confidence back. I think it's going to take Jordan Travis making some plays down the stretch in a game because let's be honest, guys, the only the only quarterback so far that's brought this team back in the second half of a game, uh, and I thought Jordan played well against Wake, but they were down 28-7, to is Tate Rodemaker. Um, so Jordan Travis has to do this once. He has to go make plays in the fourth quarter, real plays. And once he does that, I think, you know, you learn you can do it and you, you go from there. And then you got to get him back for 2023, baby. I just wonder so much of him is confidence and establishing it early on. I just I don't know if you can keep doing the same stuff that you had success with earlier on the season or against Boston College. And then how much of that is changing things? Will that affect his psyche? But man, they've they've got to roll him out. He's got to keep the ball if they're going to crash and not you know if it, not not that they're going to crash down and totally sell out on Trey Benson or Rodney Hill running the football. But man, those moments where it's I don't know, 60-40, and he's like, I don't think I want to hand the ball off. I don't want to get hit. Man, maybe you need to make that flip at 60-40. I'm keeping this. I'm going to will us to certain situations that are going to make it more advantageous because, yeah, man, the I don't know, I don't think LSU, Jordan Travis, is, we're going to see a lot of that. I, mean, I think teams are, are going to adjust. Uh, the offensive line's not holding up all that well as, long, as much as they did early on the season. So if he's not going to have time and things aren't going to be there when he's expecting it on schedule, he gets out of sorts. Man, just eliminate those opportunities, man. Make it make it more easy. Get him on, roll him out, make it one quick, easy read, get the ball out of his hand fast, at least early on, man. And then you can have him play the way you want to conventionally. But for him, more so than anything, it's it's going to be starting off early, not getting into that kind of tailspin early on, man. He's got to he's got to connect and make things happen early. Well, but also it's when you when you have a couple three and outs or you have a three and out, don't let it turn into four in a row. Yeah, that's been my biggest issue. They've started fine. He played fine in that first half against NC State. He played fine against Wake Forest, other than you know the five drives where they did diddly poo. And he kind of he kind of spiraled a little bit, and then was you know very frustrated on the sidelines. That's that's the stuff I want to see stop because that's the stuff I used to criticize Blackman for. Like man, you can't have one drive bad drive turn into seven in a row, and you just start spiraling. Jordan Travis should be past that. The issue this week when you're judging your quarterback play is everybody has three and outs against Clemson. They are very good defensively. So it's almost hard to judge, okay, is he spiraling? Is he not seeing it well? Is he playing poorly? Or is it just Clemson's really good and they're tough to score on? You know, it's it's just a tough team to play. War E or, hey guys, looking forward to meeting all of you at the Hotel Indigo Saturday. Biggest thing I'm looking for on a macro level is for us to be up at halftime and to come out on fire in the second half to finish the game. Mm, Maybe get a stop on defense to start the second half. One, I think he may. I think he might have meant what. Uh, what is the biggest overall thing you're looking for? A dub. Yeah. A flipping dub. Just get a get this thing to five and two going into a bye week, and we. I if they beat Clemson Aslan, I don't know what I'm going to do for the war chant rap, but it's going to be something. It's got to be something special. Okay. okay. What do you, what, you got? Any ideas? Um, I do not cartwheel. Can I do a cartwheel? Yeah, sure. Sure. I can't do a cartwheel. I've never done a cartwheel, but should I attempt a cartwheel? Yeah. What about push-ups? Okay. What about a push-up for every point they score? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I'll do some uh, burpees for every point they score. Affect their quarterback. Don't let them affect ours. 
I mean, that's, you know, because that for every single game. But, again, I just think Jordan early on needs to have success. Their quarterback, don't give him early success. Make them – give them some game pressure. Some Part of me is, is kind of – I think Clemson's coming into this game ready to – really kind of reassert themselves nationally. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about the game, to be honest with you. So if, if you oh, yeah, fall it's, behind it's early. Clemson, man, of course. Yeah. You're, so. it's, it's not like you're saying you're concerned about Louisiana. No. It's Clemson. You should be concerned. They're awesome. Island Chief, wake up. The season has been full of games that have offered the opportunity to showcase playmakers. This week, our success depends on making the plays a play. Don't care who makes it. Clemson ranks second in rush defense, so how much is our chance of winning going to be establishing how much of our chance of winning is going to be in establishing a run game? Zero. Just, okay. They can't. You're not going to establish the run game. You know, I watched it, it's not it's not something that worked for them, but I think the Buccaneers when they played the Chiefs, maybe, or some other team, they threw it like twenty five times in a row. Because they knew they couldn't run on them, which is a goofy way to. When you're an NFL team, you you should be able to run. But this is they don't they don't give up running. They just don't. You're not going to run on them. Um, you, you didn't really run all that well against Boston College. Um, you had a couple long runs, but Boston College hemmed you up for a good portion of that game. You're not going to run on this team. So you can bang your head against the wall and try it. Or you can come out and do something, and I know you're a run-first team. I know that's what you're trying to do. But 24 carries for 71 yards is not how you beat Clemson. The only team that has moved the ball consistently against Clemson, how'd they do it, Aslan? Throwing the ball up in one-on-one situations. Yep. So that's what I would do. In fact, I'd go to the slow mesh. (laughs) I'd have Jordan just ride to a feely like a donkey. For, for two and a half, three seconds, then pat him on the back, pull the ball out, and lob it up to 14. Noel Boy 2 Hey, Aslan and Corey, wake up. Want to start off by saying I agree with Corey's point with this being Clemson's first real road game. Uh, I went back and looked at DJ Uyunglele in his real road tough environments he's played, and only been two. NC State last year, Notre Dame during the COVID year. I don't think he'll be facing an environment quite like this one. He His was question, great in that Notre Dame game. You remember that? He yeah. took like 400-something yards, and you're like, oh, great, man. He's better than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, his question is, how big is Ja'Kai's return? I, look, I, I don't know how big it'll be this week if you're talking about just uh, you, you know the micro of, of this week on the micro level, but I think overall for the offense, it'll be, you know, I think it's significant. I think he's a guy that you can get the ball in his hands four, five, six times a game. He's a playmaker, and he's unlike anybody else you have. Like, look, man, I'm not trying to put these guys – I'm not trying to say they're stock guys, like they're just average dudes. They're irrepl- they're replaceable. But, like, Portier, Williamson, McLean, they're all kind of the same guy. I think McLean's a little fat, but you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're 6'3", they're outside guys, they're not going to get a ton of separation. You hope they make plays in space or they make competitive catches. Um, like the one he dropped in the end zone the other night. Ja'Kai Douglas is different than anybody else you got on the team at the wide receiver position. That's good. It's good to have different body types. It's good to have different skill sets. He's got a different skill set than anybody else. And it's cool It's cool to have somebody like that. So we'll see what that what that means this week. But I think for the final five games of the season after the bye, back when he's, you, you would think 100% fully healthy, um, I think it could be, it's nice, it's a nice weapon to have. It's not a, It's not like a program changer. 
but he's a he's a decent player. He's a good offensive weapon. PC underscore Noel underscore 92. Morning, folks. First time poster, long time reader. My first exposure to War Chant was an old coworker of mine reading recruiting nuggets during Jimbo's first class. Mm. I'm from Panama oh, City. Oh, what a class. It's a good class. Yeah. I'm from Panama City, home of Burt Reed and J Rob. My dad actually coached Burt when he played hoops at Bay High. Okay, nice. My question How does Norvell look when he's coaching tough? Does he just tell the guys what they're doing wrong, or does he go back to concepts and try to help them get the big picture? Is he a process guy, results guy, or does he simply believe iron sharpens iron and it will work itself out? I look forward to my weekly Clarkisms. Aslan has grown on me over the years, but this weekend I'm hoping for a 2012 James Wilder Jr.-esque effort from our guys. Do all the subscribing stuff. Go Knowles. There you go. Nice. Well, well hey, good post. Um, yeah, I mean, he yells at the guys. He's not polite at times he does both though like uh you know receivers he'll say hey man keep that high and tight or he'll, he'll go and have like real talkative like real teaching moments with him after a play he'll sometimes call him over after they've run a rep so he's you know to pick the, the picture i have in my mind is him standing i don't know 30 yards uh behind the line or in front of the line of scrimmage like where where a deep safety would be watching the play and then sometimes he'll watch the replay on the video board of what just happened. And then he'll call either the quarterback over or a receiver over and he'll talk to him for 10, 15 seconds, have a teaching moment and have him go back to the sideline or go back to the huddle to run another play. And there are other times where he screams at him they've done something wrong. And he'll scream from 80 yards away if he has to, um, to get their attention and, and say, you know, he'll, he's just, he's a very loud dude. It's mostly teaching but some of it is admonishing, which I think is how most coaches probably are. Yeah. And they listen to him. Like when he does like yell for their attention, like he'll, uh, they, they seem to take it even when it's a little bit gruff. Yeah. On Wednesday he was yelling. They didn't end the team period. Great. Because again, the field goal got blocked. And then from there they run out to the outdoor fields and they get right into scout looks. And he was, it, when he yells, it's, it's mostly, he doesn't really, when it's one-on-one -on -one stuff, it's very, hey, man, eyes in, bring the ball in, secure it, you know, next right. rep, let's go. But when he doesn't like the way things are going, like when usually when you see him angry and upset, it's usually more than one person, more than one play, and then he starts yelling in the general vicinity of the entire team to fire them, which is what he did on Wednesday morning. So, um, yeah, he coaches hard. Uh, mm. Hopefully it'll be a little bit better here. All right, we need to go into hyperspeed, and we got a bunch left. Who is the long one? Shady Knoll, wake up. I'm a South Carolinian. Clemson week, always a big week for me. Trash talking been nonstop. Unfortunately, my Clemson buddies have had a lot to brag about the last few years, but I can see that this team is finally turning a corner and closing the gap. Speaking of which, do you really think these two teams are as evenly matched as the point spread suggests? I'm a little bit surprised Clemson's only favored by three and a half, even with it being in Doak. My sports betting has me uh, this past week. I'm thinking about, I'm sorry, the way my sports betting has went this past week, I'm thinking about laying the hammer on Clemson to win in hopes that at least my bad luck will continue. A little bit reverse psychology, if you will. Hope to see you guys this weekend. I'll be making the long drive down from Charleston uh, on Friday, looking to check out the corner pocket for Corey and Jeff's nice. show, Happy Hour Live Music, and to try those wings that Corey swears by. Take care. See you this weekend. Um... Yeah, man. I, look, I think I think Clemson has more talent. That's non. You can't even argue that. I don't think that. I know that. But you know, it's not like they went and dominated Wake. Uh, the, you know that NC State game was close into the third quarter. It's not like they do, they had much more talent than Florida State last year too. And that was a game in the fourth quarter. I just think 
Um, the two teams are more even, if this makes sense. The, the way they play, their efficiency ratings, all this stuff, I think the teams are more even than the rosters are. Um, I, you know, I, you look at how Clemson has defended the same teams that Florida State, like Clemson, if you look at their numbers against Wake, Boston College, and NC State, their defensive numbers, and you look at Florida State's defensive numbers against those same three schools, they're very, very close. Yes. Very close. I think like, it's only made like a five-point difference or a something. A five-point like difference. Yeah. I think uh, I think Clemson's given up more yardage. I think they've given up more yards per play. Now, a lot of that is Wake, clearly. But, you know, I, I just if you watch the way Clemson defended NC State, you watch the way Florida State defended NC State, not much difference. Even though Clemson's got, I don't know, six NFL draft picks, Florida State has one that played in that game, maybe two. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the odds makers are looking at how these teams play not just the rosters. Um, and that's why it's a, uh, and it, it was, it's gone down. So people are betting on Florida state. So just keep that in mind. I, I think they're, they're more even than you would think, even though one is undefeated at number four and the other one is clearly not undefeated. Yeah. They're, um, I just think like that, there's nothing on this team that's elite Florida state. Like I like the receivers. I like the safeties. Maybe the safeties are, but it's, it's two dudes. Like, yeah. That defensive line has got like five elite players. Like yeah, that's why you gotta you you gotta try to uh, take them out of the game. Yeah, and and throw quick lobs up to your big giant. That's that's what I would do. But I'm just a simple man. I'm a caveman. I don't I don't know football. Uh, but I I would just throw it up to the one advantage I have, which they cannot cover, is the six seven kid. And if he's getting man to man, even if he's not, I'd, I'd throw it up to him a lot. Yeah, and that's part of my concern. Winkles' question, AO, keep up the good content, shows part of my morning routine. I see Clemson will have much, if not all their defense, back together for the first time this year. How much of an impact do you think that will have on the game? First time playing together on the road against a pretty good offense has to present some issues for Clemson. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, I don't think they're yeah. going to find any sort of extra gear, but they're – this isn't a bad thing for them. All these guys being back, I don't. I don't. Again, I don't think they're going to pitch a shutout against Florida State. Uh, but again, there's just so much depth. And again, I think they're going to come in this game really motivated uh, because they didn't look all that great on the road last time uh, out. Well, they looked all right against Boston College, but that I think that Wake Forest game is maybe giving them a little bit of a bad rap. And I think they know they can change the entire narrative by coming here and, and slowing down a really, really good offense. So I'm, I'm very concerned about it. It's going to be a big impact. Corey, you want to grab that? Man, who's ringing my doorbell? Corey had company. He's got a buddy. They're, uh, they're ready to go on a, a journey together. So let's – Avis adds yeah, more urgency. Man. I can't wait to see how Corey's going to finish these next 15 minutes. I told, I told him to be – 15, it's going to be 5. And I, I, told, I told him to be here at 145. He got here at 115, but that's, that's, that's Shane. In the morning, see. everybody, in the morning. We're recording this late – Wednesday night into Thursday morning for you at one fifteen. Sure. In the morning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wow. Four, two, seven. Wake up, gentlemen. He's all in on Mike Norvell. He is all in, all in, all in. And he doesn't want to diminish Coach Atkins. But um, do you think they need some more help because there's too much on Norvell's plate? What do you think about adding someone like George Henshaw to the staff as a tactical advisor? Put him up in the booth on game days to help out. I mean, you don't want too many voices, honestly. You don't want to be too many chefs in the kitchen. I, I think, you know, Norvell's just got to get better at some things, um, which, you know, you assume he will. Again, though, I think this goes back to the question we had earlier. Like, I let's see what it looks like, the totality of the season and the totality of the offense before we start judging it off uh, these last two weeks against good teams. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you know, they're, and they're not going to score much against Clemson. So I'm sure those, those calls will get louder. But this is not a Jimbo thing where, you know, you've seen what this offense at A&M has done for years. 
this is a guy that, you know, we saw a lot of strides in this offense through the first four weeks, and then magically they start playing better teams, and the offense doesn't look as good. Let's see what it looks like uh, against Florida, against Miami, against Georgia Tech, and then go from there, see what the totals are at the end of the season, and then you could, you know, you could make some realistic uh, suggestions for improvement. Or, or uh, I would say, like, realistic judgments. Like, okay, man, that didn't work. The offense was still the, the exact same as it was last year. When when all the dust cleared, it produced at the same rate it did last year. That's not good enough. you got to do something else. But right now, we're still halfway through a season. 901, wake up, quick and easy. How does playing this game at night and at home translate to points? I think Clemson would I think Clemson would win the game by two scores if it was in Death Valley at night. Since it's in Doak, I think it'll I don't know. I, I don't want to make a I don't want to hurt people's feelings. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, I think there's a difference. I think, you know, I think Vegas gives it anywhere from four or five points swing, three three to five point swing when a game's on the road. And I think it should be an extra point and a half or two when it's at night, especially at a football school at night. It's just a different feel. You're not going to win the game because you're playing at home at night. You still have to go play well. But there's just a different energy. Um, you know, there's just a different energy. When you have a football crowd that's into the game, that's going to be there the whole game, that's loud and truly believes you can win and truly believes they can help you win, they feed off that, you know, play 20 year olds feed off that kind of stuff. Um, and it, it can impact negatively the 20 year olds on the other sideline, especially guys that haven't been through it a whole lot. DJ's played a lot of football. Sure. He's not played in a ton of really route, you know, raucous environments. Um, and when he has other than Notre Dame, which was COVID. So it was a half a crowd. He, you know, he has not played all that well. So again, if he comes out and plays really well against 70,000 fans at night, Against a solid defense, kudos, man. They deserve it. But he hasn't done that yet. Seminole fan 89, wake up. I have to admit, we've actually kind of touched on this. Uh, he did not think we'd be 4-2 and two heading into Clemson. But anyways, what would a win do for the confidence of our team? And most important, would a win guarantee at least nine wins? It would not guarantee at least nine, but it puts you right on that path, man. I, I, I would certainly think if you're 5-2 and two with the stretch you have coming up, you just beat Clemson, who's the toughest team on your schedule. You should have beaten, beaten NC State, who might be the tough, second toughest team on your schedule. Um, you know, I think that would bode well for beating, uh, you know, winning four of those five games. Because you're going to be in all of them. At Syracuse is tough. Florida at home is tough. Um, at Miami is going to be tough. But you could certainly win two of those three if you can beat Clemson. The Walking Knoll 01, what's up? Me and my two friends will be at the game Saturday. I'm pumped. Hopefully the Knolls can squeeze out this dub like they did when I came last year for the Miami game. How many rushing yards does Jordan Travis need for us to win the game? What percentage chance would you say we see the old flea flicker make a return? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you would hope they'd have something lined up for, for this week. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's no number on it. Uh, he has to make an impact with his legs. Um, I would say a better number is how many first downs will he run for with his legs. Oh. Um, and I would say last week he had three, including one that was 70 yards. I think you need at least that much. Um, if he can get you three first downs with his legs, I don't care if it's third and three, and he keeps it and gets you five yards. I think that's a bigger, uh, uh, you know, a, a bigger deal than, uh, or, or a bigger gauge, a better gauge than just, how many total rushing yards he has. If he has 250, they're going to win the game, though. Yeah. Well, that Norvell said it, too. He's like, if you would have told us that we'd have over 200 yards rushing, he's like, I would have had a pretty good idea how that game was going to turn out. Yeah. And it did not. So Correct. Uh, Correct. These hallmarks 
rarely matter. <laughs> yes, exactly. Texas Knowles 711. Hey, guys, after tough losses to Wake and Clemson, do you think it almost relieves the pressure of winning and allows FSU to play more loose? It now seems as if we're not supposed to win after losing those previous two. I'm specifically thinking about Jordan Travis playing with more confidence. Yeah, I, I do think it helped. They should play loose. They are. They should be the looser team. They don't have nearly as much to play for as Clemson. Uh, Clemson should have some actual pressure on them, especially if it's in the third quarter and it's a close game or the fourth quarter if it's a close game. The counter to that, though, is you know Florida State didn't have a ton of pressure on them against NC State until they got a big lead. And then they tightened up and kind of shrank in the moment, and that might happen again. And are they going to handle that better? If they get a two-score lead on Clemson, are they going to handle it better than the two-score lead they had against NC State? Again, that's learned behavior and growing pains, and you hope they can figure that out. I'd say going into the game, there's no pressure. But if you're up 24 to 14 in the fourth quarter, facing a third and seven, and you know a first down here can maybe wrap up the game, there is pressure in that. And do you play that well, or do you get tight? And that's what you still have to wait and see about. My truth, wake up. This game features two defenses that give up less than 21 points. The winner scores 24. Who is the winner? Hold that thought. Because Mark... From Naples, shout out Naples, Southwest Florida. We love you guys. Wake up. Keeping it short this week. This would be a program changer to win this game. We've narrowed the gap. Now it's time to close it. I like the matchup. Jordan will need to have a career game, but he can do it. Fitz, going to need you to make some kicks. If those two things happen, we can rattle DJ like we rattled Van Dyke in the Miami game last year. I'm seeing a 24-20 Knowles win. So there you go, my truth. If, uh, well, there you go. Mark, there you go. But, but, Mark, Mark, hey, like Mark said, yeah. So you're going to need one kick from Fitzgerald is what it sounds like. Or it's get, three, get to three that touchdowns, 24. three two-point conversions. Or, or eight field goals. However you want to get to 24 yeah. points. Uh, that Yeah, I think, man, I, I think it's a race to somewhere around there, right? Mid-20s? Yeah. Um, I, I think so. You're not going to score 30 points against this team. No. And, uh, you know, they, they haven't shown – I mean, again, against Boston College – they were really bad in the first half and they kind of ran away with it in the second half when they, you know, including a 28 yard scoring drive. So they, like there was three to three with, with three minutes to go in the second quarter of that game. And then they got a, a short punt that they returned to the Boston college 28 scored in a few plays, took a 10, three lead in a halftime and got a stop. And that was a wrap. Um, their offense was not good in that game. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, it leads me to believe that if you can hold them to 20 ish, you should, you, you give yourself a chance and you should win that game. I would say 21 to 24 is the magic number. Okay. And if they score 30, come on, man. That's gross. Two more. HM 1097. Wake up, Knowles. It's Clemson week. Early vibes of the season were unmatched, but even the casual college football fan realizes that the four teams we beat were not playing up to their names, especially Duquesne. LSU did not play up to the par. LS, uh, Louisville and BC are not good teams. That could be debated. Uh, the team's emotions were riding a bit too high going to Wake, NC State as well after halftime. They lost focus. Nobody, players, he says, on this roster knows how to win consistently at the college level. They haven't lived that life yet, but they are well on their way. Please, let's all calm down, get some perspective. Still a ton to play for, and we can still exceed preseason expectations, even if we lose. Miami and Florida both look, well, not very ominous. Yeah, yeah, but neither does Florida State. Yeah. Like they, they all look about the same. I think Miami's probably the worst of the three right now, but who knows, man? Uh, maybe that quarterback finally found something this past week. Yeah, man, they, they, yeah, it's a yes. They do need to learn how to win consistently. That why would they know how to do that? They never have. Um, so that's why again, you had a win at your fingertips, man. It was right there, right there, literally at your fingertips five times, and uh, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't do what you had to do to win that game. And that's why. 
five and one, I think that's showing away you're starting to learn you're starting to learn how to win. Instead, in that instance, you found a way to lose. And I, I mean, I don't think this team with Norvell has found a way to lose very often, right? Like there haven't been many games where you'd point to and go, man, they had that thing wrapped up and just blew it. Except last you know. week's game, but you know. No, that's what I'm saying. That game. Yeah. But before the NC State game, can you think of one where like, man, they had that thing wrapped up and just blew it at the end? Um, I, I'm sure there is one that I, that's not coming to mind, but usually they were just kind of, you know, they lost. All the games last year, they maybe Jacksonville State. I guess that's one you could point to. Um, people are probably screaming at me for that one. But other than that, you know, they're games that they just they didn't find ways to lose. They just got beat. Well, Clemson uh, game last year, they but that's up. a better team they lost to. And I, I wouldn't say they found a way to lose. Um, you know, they had a couple of miracle plays to be in the lead in that game, and then Clemson drove down the field and they didn't tackle them. But they didn't give the game to Clemson. I felt like Clemson. Kind okay. of other than a goofy personal foul call, Clemson went and Shipley went and won the game, made a play to win the game. That game, you gave the game away. NC State didn't do it. You literally threw the ball to the guy. They didn't, they didn't have, they had a scoring drive of minus 23 yards because of your punter and still won. They, they, you know, that's that you threw an interception at the 40 at the, at your own 40. You kept giving them the ball. If you don't do that, I feel like you win the game. You just made too many mistakes. But stop doing that. Learn how to win. Learn how to win those moments, Aslan. We once did a show with like 43 questions, maybe more than that, and it was like an hour 20, uh, and we just did like 28. And I don't I don't know what we got to do to get better, but we will. Last one, Mobile Knoll. Wake we can up. stop reading all the questions. <laughs> Mobile Knolls. <laughs> Any play caller in the NCAA to help Norvell as an analyst or co-offensive coordinator, who would you take? I did not think the final play call was that bad, but it is clear we need some diversity in the pass game because we rely on too many splash plays down the sidelines. Eat Zaxby's, drink the Luna, go Knowles. Dillingham. Yeah, yeah, bring him back home. Back yeah. home, Kenny. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, look, let's address it at the end of the year, man. I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't need help. I need more data than, than six games. Um it, because sometimes this offense has looked really good. It ha, it is better than it was last year, um, but it's about to have what you will probably deem another step back because it's not going to look great this week. Nobody does. But at the end of the year, they might have some really good numbers, and they might have improved by a touchdown or six points per game. That's good. That's really good improvement. That's solid. That's what you wanted. Um, not There aren't a lot of perfect offenses out there. I get what you're saying. You want, you, you know, I they... They don't have like a, they don't seem to have like a consistent, reliable passing attack in the sense that, okay, second and eight, you're going to get 11 yards here. You're going to get 10, you're going to get seven yards on first down, just a quick, simple seven yard pass on first down. They don't do that a ton, but, you know, they're also a run first team that just couldn't run in the second half of that game. And so it made everything look bad. When in the history of the sport has a coach who's, specialize on one side of the ball had to bring in somebody to take it back over and it's worked out well you know like it was like Willie bringing in Kendall Bryles like we thought it was going to be a good idea it was better than it was previously but obviously you're in a big issue when your offensive minded head coach 
has to start giving away and delegating stuff because he can't figure it out. And I mean, well, A&M, that's, that, though. that's the next a, bridge they're going to cross in College Station is apparently maybe yeah. Jimbo's finally going to let go of the offense, at which point then why are you paying him $90 million? If he's not calling plays and designing plays and it's not his offense, what are you paying him for? What are yeah, we doing with Mike Norvell if he's not calling plays? If he's, if he's got to give it up. Saban's not calling defensive sets. Neither's Kurt. Well, Kirby is still, but Saban isn't. Like, but he, you know, he delegates. Well, he still has his hands in it. It's still his defense. Well, he's also he's finding not, these guys. He's picking these guys out. He's he's groomed them, and they're taking over. And he's at a point in his career where he's he's been afforded this. But early on, when he got this thing juiced back up, I mean, it was his blueprint, his fingerprints. Certain guys pulling the. Yeah, I mean, chip, I, I don't so. think Norvell's going to like go hire somebody, Kendall Bryles per se, and say, "Hey, it's your offense. I'm no hands on." Just. You know, tell me when we should punt. Like, he's not going to do that. It's going to be his offense. He's going to have his fingerprints on it. But I don't necessarily think that he's just going to be the OC for the rest of time here. I mean, you know, Bobby Bowden gave it up. Uh, Jimbo would never give it up at Florida State. But I, I think there's a chance that that could happen. But, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I don't think – I don't foresee that happening going into next year. Norvell's going to be like, you know what? This was a failed experiment. Uh, get me so-and-so on the phone. But, uh, yeah. yeah, he, he could certainly use, uh, I, I, like we all could, he could use different viewpoints, maybe tweaking things here and there, but everybody can. Um, but let's see, it's, let's see after they get done playing the three best teams on the schedule, what we think of the offense at the end of the year. If it's averaging 27 points a game again, it's struggling on third down again, it, it has, it spirals out of control for six drives at a time again, like the, the last half of the season, then Yep, all all options should be on the table. Right, and with we'll that, I'm going to go shower and go to a Braves game, everyone. All right, that's Corey. Live show, maybe Thursday night coming up later tonight. Maybe. Uh, if not, happy hour live. Corey, Jeff hanging out, 530 to 630. And then Jeff Cameron show, 1 to 3 o'clock, rest of the week. Recruiting chat already happened. Hope you enjoyed it. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Chant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.